Frederick Brown claims to have written the very shortest horror story. It goes like this. The last man on earth sat in a room. There was a knock on the door. Hi there, and welcome to Here's a Thought, the blogcast for people who overthink, with your host, Jan M. Flynn, a confirmed overthinker if there ever was one. Now, if you joined in last week, you already know that Here's a Thought is devoting the month of October to story time. That is, stories written by me in some of my weirder bouts of overthinking. This week's offering is a story in rhyming verse. So, yes, a poem, but still a story. And not, I promise you, a very nice one. So take a break from the overthinking voices in your head and settle back and listen to mine as I offer you Sweet Boy. Tobias, so cosseted, cherished, adored, had thus over time grown desperately bored with the toys and the games and the pets he'd been given, so the peace of his household was constantly riven by the poor lad's complaints by his wails and sighs, and his shrieks and his fits when his temper would rise, whenever his nursemaid, his mum, or his aunts, would foolishly seek to placate his rants, with biscuits or candies or some other treat, which Toby would sensibly hurl at their feet. And really, why should they enjoy any quiet when their failure to please him had caused him to riot? As he stormed through the nursery, hurling blocks to and fro, as he ripped out the library's books row by row, as he smashed all the glassware set out on the table, the household all fretted. How might they be able to comfort poor Toby, now in such a swivet, that he ripped out the gardener's new plantings of privet, and moved on to express his mounting displeasure by trampling the tulips, and then, for good measure, took a pair of sharp shears to his dear papa's hat, and was thinking of shortening the tail of the cat, when Mamma pleaded, "'Toby, oh, what can we do to make things all happy and right for poor you?' Young Toby screamed back, "'Is that all you can say? I can't bear any more. I am running away!' She meekly asked, "'Son, do you plan to go far? Shall I pack a nice lunch? Shall I summon the car?' The old chauffeur stood by the sleek black sedan, but noble Tobias stomped the man's hat and ran down the long gravel drive and on into the lane that bordered the fields. It was starting to rain, yet brave Toby forged on, though he was slightly damp. Soon, as evening drew near, he noticed a lamp burned invitingly from afar off in the woods on his family's estate. He'd a right to the goods of all those who lived on his ancestral land. Or that's how he saw it, which you must understand, since his upbringing was designed to accord with what you'd expect of a proper young lord. Tobias strode boldly straight on through the gloom toward a cottage whose lights beckoned from every room, and reaching it, commenced to pound on the door until he heard faltering steps on the floor, and the portal was opened with creaks and a groan, by a stoop-backed and wrinkled and wizened old crone, who beamed up at Toby as though he were expected, and ushered him in, 
and she hadn't neglected to prepare a soft chair for him near by the fire, nor stock cellar and pantry with all he could desire. "'Welcome, young master, tis an honour quite grand,' she cooed, "'as you're famed throughout all of the land, "'for your grace and your wit and your manner so fair. "'How fortunate are we that you are the heir to the title "'that one day will give you command over all of the folk who depend on your land.' "'She plied him with tea-cakes and cream as she chattered devotedly, "'for her clearly no one else mattered.' and Toby felt it was really quite pleasant to be properly coddled and served by a peasant. The goodies she fed him were far more delicious than any of his household cook's gourmet dishes. He noticed his ancient hostess did not eat, but delightedly urged on him each luscious sweet, and he felt that his previous mood had improved through the old lady's treatment. He even felt moved to tell her his problems— his trials and woes, as his eyes welled with tears and he snuffled his nose, he complained to her of his poor treatment at home, how his caretaker's failures had forced him to roam almost half a mile, and he hoped they'd all grieve for their shortcomings toward him that had caused him to leave. "'Oh, my dearest young sir, what a struggle you've had!' she cried. "'I've a gift that will make your heart glad, a thing rather special.' "'A remarkable toy I beseech you to have for your own, my sweet boy.' "'Though Toby took note of the informal tone now carelessly used by the simpering crone, "'he found himself staring with wonder and awe at the shimmering object he suddenly saw on the stone hearth before him. "'It shone with a light that at last filled his yearning young heart with delight, though he knew not quite how.' nor quite why that would be, for when he looked close, it was merely a key. An ordinary object, or so it would appear, yet it charmed and entranced him as he held it near. Its smoothness and weight felt so right in his palm. New excitement replaced his brief respite of calm. "'What does it unlock?' he asked the old biddy, the key's glittering presence making him giddy. "'The door to a chamber containing great treasure?' or perhaps secret spells I could use at my pleasure to command all before me to do as I bid. Surely I deeply deserve to be rid of all the dull tediums that now plague my hours. It would be diverting to have such great powers. I promise, sweet boy, that key opens the gate that will free you from boredom and reveal your fate, which is to be something no one else can be. "'simpered the crone as she poured him more tea. "'I knew it!' cried Toby. "'I meant to be king, or emperor, "'or even to wear the Pope's ring. "'I'm far more than merely an earl's first son. "'I'll rule the known world before I am done. "'And now my first order is show me the place my special key opens. "'Come, hurry apace,' he ordered the elderly beldam, "'who kneeled, and twitching the worn hearth rug sideways, revealed a cunning trap-door cut right into the stone. Its keyhole reflected the firelight and shone with the same dancing light that glowed on the key. "'As you wish and command, Lord Tobias,' quoth she. Toby, quite breathless, put the key in the lock 
and sprang back in surprise as the door made of rock slid silently open on an underground lair where his treasure must await at the foot of the stair that led down the passageway lit by the light of the fireplace above. Toby found it quite tight a squeeze for his generous frame, yet persisted to stuff himself into the space, unassisted by his hostess who watched with a smile from above, until, using her foot, she gave him a shove and slid the door over his wide-eyed shocked look and checked the directions in her secret cookbook. The old lady soon placed a call to her coven to share the good news. I've popped him in the oven. We'll gather together this night to enjoy a succulent dish of well-roasted sweet boy, so tender and fulsome and flavored with fat that can only come from a true spoiled brat. Bring your finest wines and dress in your best. Those who arrive first can choose leg or breast. Back at the manor house reigned an uncommon peace. Of rantings and tantrums, there was blessed surcease. Toby's absence was noted, but things felt so right that to mention it now simply seemed impolite. Thanks for listening to this second installment in the Here's a Thought story series for October. If you enjoyed the show, please give it a star rating or review and help other folks find it. Until next time, may all the children in your life be delightful. May anyone you chance upon in a cottage in the woods have only your best interests in mind. And may all your thoughts be good ones.